Recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin, this is the Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast. In this special Zero issue, we will learn the origin stories of some of the members of the Crimson Cowl Comic Club. We'll always keep this issue of the podcast into the feeds, so no matter when you get into the show, you can always go back and figure out where these voices came from and how they got into comics. If you're interested in joining, then please let us know. Whether you've been reading comics for 50 minutes or 50 years, everybody is welcome. There are no fees to join, and we do offer special discounts to club members on the selected picks that we talk about in spoiler discussion each and every meeting that we record the podcast. The club meets on Saturday, so if you see us recording in the other room, feel free to drop in, grab a seat, and join the discussion. If you're curious and would much rather just listen from afar, you are welcome to do so as well. So now, I present to you the origin stories of some of the members of the Crimson Cowl Comic Club. Enjoy. Hello, I'm David Gloyd, uh, one of the owners of Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. I've really had an interest in comics and superheroes in particular, uh, boy, seems to be all my life. Uh, As far back as I can remember, I've had some kind of interest Probably started when I was very young, watching uh, shows like The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman, the old Christopher Reeves Superman movies and things like that, the the 66 Batman TV uh, series. Um, And I just kind of grew up on all of that stuff, you know, between those and and things like Star Wars and Star Trek and um, many other TV shows. I just developed this interest over the years to the point where I would make up my own superheroes. I'd I'd take toys and I'd uh, customize them into superheroes, making little capes on them and um, just all kinds of crazy things when I was little. And uh, but it wasn't until uh, I was uh, a teenager uh, working, um, really just delivering newspapers, had a paper route and I'd use that money and I decided that I wanted to start collecting comic books uh, because, you know, that was the source for superheroes. So I went down, and I wasn't sure what I was going to collect. Um, I, I had some ideas. You know, I knew a lot of the DC characters and a lot of Marvel characters from from TV and movies. But I wasn't sure what one I wanted to focus on. So I went to a convenience store. That was close to my house and they had a rack there that had different comics on it. Uh, it. It was actually all Marvel stuff that they carried. So my options were were Marvel. And I picked a cup, uh, couple up off the rack uh, to, to decide. I grabbed a copy of The Incredible Hulk. I grabbed a copy of The Amazing Spider-Man and I grabbed a copy of Uncanny X-Men and I read through those the Hulk was weird going into that because it was such a different character than uh, the, the TV show and first being introduced to that and then seeing how different it was in the comic book just really threw me off, especially since at that time it was the gray Joe Fixit Hulk. So it was nothing like what I knew of Hulk. And uh, it, it also had Wolverine as Patch in that issue. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man was uh, 
was good, but I found that uh, Peter Parker to me seemed just a little whinier, I guess, than uh, than what I wanted to read on a regular basis. And so I had the Uncanny X-Men, which was great because it was this team book, and I didn't have to just settle on one superhero. I, I'd get like a whole team of them. I'd have all these different characters that I could read in just one comic. And of course, at the time, that's the only X-Men comic there was. Not like now when you've got, uh, you know, half a dozen of them. So uh, for for a while, I, I went just picking up Uncanny X-Men off the rack. And then I decided to expand my horizons a little bit. And I located the, you know, close comic book store. And uh, so I walked into a comic book store for the first time. And I was a little overwhelmed with the number of things that were available to me. But I started with... Uh, with X-Men, I went and I, I started getting the back issues and uh, filling in my collection, and then I started experimenting with some of the other stuff. Even at that point, Superman was still my favorite actual superhero. And so at a comic book store, I had access to Superman comics. So I could grab Action Comics, and I could grab Superman. I'm trying to remember which ones they had at the time, because... Like X-Men, eventually Superman became like four or five titles of just Superman. But that was that was my first experience with uh, with getting comic books. And it, it wasn't long before I had had another part-time job and I had a little bit more money to spend. Comics weren't super expensive. So I was buying all kinds of stuff. I was getting all the X-Men titles and I was buying... Uh, you know, more DC stuff, Batman, Superman, Justice League, Green Lantern, Flash, all these things. And meanwhile, he had shows like uh, the first Flash TV show coming out and, and still some things on TV and not really so much in movies, but more animated things coming out. Um, finally, the 89 version of uh, Batman, Tim, Tim Burton's version. And so all these things were still happening in the media while I was getting it in all comic books, and, and, and it was great. But one of the things that kept my interest and really um, that I enjoyed from the very first time that I stepped into a comic book store was going in, and it just had a, a feel to it. Um, it's, it's hard to explain, but there's a certain feeling that I got in a comic book store. Uh, it's kind of like a feeling that you might get when you walk into a church, you know, not exactly the, the same thing, but just how being in that environment gives you a certain feeling. And, um, you know, I was just fascinated by it. And I didn't have a lot to contribute to conversations right at the beginning, but I would listen to other people. Uh, you know, the guy behind the counter talking to other customers about the comic books, and it would get me interested in, in other comics. And, you know, so I'd pick up things that maybe I wasn't that familiar with, but they got me curious about it. And so I really just kept reading more and more and more. And as I did, my my love of the comics and the characters and the the writing and the art just grew more and more, um, you know, and to the point where all of my money was going on comic books. Um, well, that and I'd collect action figures and, and things like that. And that went on for... For years, up until, you know, at some point in my life, you know, I had to uh, do more adult things. I joined the Army, and I went in the Army, and I'd still buy a little bit during that period, but 
I really didn't have the access to it that I had had before. So my collecting slowly kind of dipped off and eventually ended in that period. Um, then I got out of the army and I got married and I started a family. But, uh, but though my collection or my active collecting suffered, I never lost the interest. I still had the love of, of all those characters and I would read, I'd go to my back issues and I'd read those and I'd, uh, I'd watch movies that were out and I'd watch, you know, the animated versions and, you know, I could start getting my kids into it. And I always remembered what it was like going to those comic book stores and had moved to an area that didn't have them. And from the time that I had moved to this area, I, you know, I, there was one store that I didn't really think was a great uh, example of a comic book store and it closed soon after that anyways. But during that period, I kept thinking, wow, you know, I would just really love to open a comic book store, you know, and to to create that experience uh, for myself and my kids and other people that I had had when I was younger. Uh, along with these interests, <laughs> I had uh, s some other interests, you know, I always like to help people and um, between my love of superheroes and my wanting to help people, I actually decided, hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if the world actually had superheroes? And I get this crazy idea that even though I didn't have any powers or anything like that, that, you know, maybe I could uh, go out and actually try to make some sort of difference. I became what is now called a real-life superhero, and where I would uh, put on this mask and this, this outfit and I'd go around and watch out for people and try to help people in need and do some charity things. And it became this growing movement, you know, not that I had started, but I had jumped on before it was even known. And uh, it grew to this real life superhero community, this real life superhero uh, movement where um, hundreds of people across the country and in other countries were now doing this, where they became, you know, superheroes or as close to it as they could. And while doing this, I met other people. Uh, I was the first person to do it in this area, but uh, the media attention that I ended up getting uh, attracted some other people who had the same interests. And one of those people was a guy that went by the name um, Crimson Crusader. And uh, I was known as the Watchman. Uh, and the Watchman was really known in Milwaukee, even though I live in West Bend. Uh, but I was contacted by this new guy, Crimson Crusader, and he had an interest in it. And come to find out, he actually lived in West Bend also. So we met and we talked and we started doing this together, uh, formed a team with some of the other uh, people that were doing it in the area, um, a team called the Challengers. You know, as, uh, as we were doing that, uh, Crimson Crusader and I became friends, and we'd start hanging out, you know, living close by. We, we both had some of these same interests. So fast forwarding a few years, uh, both of us were a, a kind of had gotten out of the real-life superhero thing, just more of a, a time thing, you know, just not having the time to commit to it. Uh, but we were still talking, and uh, Crimson Crusader, whose real name is Kurt Schub, and that is known. I'm not giving away a secret identity or anything. He had uh, he had been planning on opening a comic book store with a friend of his, and it wasn't working out. 
meanwhile, he knew that I had an interest in doing it. So when his plans with this other person didn't work out, he came to me and the two of us agreed to open up a comic book store together. So we took the mask from my superhero identity and we took kind of the name from his and came up with Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, which we opened uh, a little over a year ago. You know, it's just been uh, an amazing experience in doing this to create this, uh, not just a business, but this community that was missing from this area. And so we've now got this comic book store and we're introduced to some, some really great people, um, customers of ours who have uh, shared their experiences with us. And in doing all this, we formed this club, the Crimson Cowl Comic Club, which uh, we, we began organizing and um, meeting and, and being able to talk about comics. And so now we're at this point where we've decided to be able to open up the club, not just to people who are here shopping at our store and can stop in, but to anybody else who's out there, uh, whether they're local or they're living halfway across the country, they can now join us at the Crimson Call Comic Club by listening to this podcast. It's been an amazing ride so far, and we're happy to share it with everybody else. Hi, I'm David Shube a.k.a. The Other David, a.k.a. Kurt's Dad. My love of comics began when I was about six years old. That'd be somewhere back around 64, 65. I remember that whenever I was sick, my dad would bring me a few comics. Or I would get a few at Easter time, or Christmas, or from the Tooth Fairy. And after I finished reading them, he would always read them too. Because he liked comics. And I have to admit, it was... Rarely, if ever, the lighter fare like Archie or something like that. It was always superhero comics. And to this day, that's been my favorite type of comic reading. My grandmother, when I went to visit, would give each of us grandkids a dollar or two and take us to this little place we called the Little Store. It was a sto little grocery store out in the country. And I would proceed to spend my treasures on comics. Back then, when comics were a dime or 12 cents, you could get quite a few. My favorites were Spider-Man, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men, the Justice League. And other than the Fantastic Four, and I'm not sure why they fell off my favorite list, these still are among my favorite comics. The superhero comics filled something in me, maybe my wish that I could be a hero and care for others and make a difference. I never got to be a hero, but I did become a pastor, and so I do care for people and get to make a difference. And, you know, that's enough now. But I continue to read comics because they're a call, I think, to strive for what it's right, even sometimes when we make mistakes. Because the world will never change unless we all do what we can to make the world a better place. Part of my love of comics also came in being able to talk to my dad about it. It was a chance for us to share something neat and important together. It's been a social outlet for me always from then on as well. As the years on, went on, I would share the exploits of heroes with friends as we discussed stories and traded books with one another. And tell you, look, here I am on a podcast talking about comics. Who would have guessed? Over the years, I've had a number of comic collections. My first consisted of a lot of the titles I mentioned already, Spider-Man, Avengers, X-Men, Justice League, some Flash, um, and others. But 
I was mainly a Marvel guy back then. Then along with my baseball cards, they were all given away when I went to college. I gave them to younger friends of mine to get them started in comics. I had to make room for my sister to take over my bedroom. But almost immediately, I started another collection. And when I got married and my wife and I had our own space, my collection really began to grow again. Some new titles managed to find their way into my comic favorites, Doctor Strange, Doctor Fate, The Spectre, Metamorpho. I began to like comics that dealt with the mystical, the magical, the different, as well as those titles I still loved, especially Spider-Man, whose theme with great power comes great responsibility is still a theme I think we can all learn from. This collection also came to an end when my wife and I were pretty desperate for money after we got out of seminary, um, and I sold the whole collection for a couple hundred dollars, I think. What a fool I was back then. <laughs> so my third comic collection began. The old titles were still the ones that I loved, but I began to add some new ones to the list again. This collection mainly grew when my two sons were young, and I began to share with them my love of comics. I began to read titles like Dead Man, Flash. Of course, Spider-Man was still a big part of the list, and a strange title, Mr. Miracle. What appealed to me were heroes who struggled with vulnerability. How, more vulnerable, how, how much more vulnerable can you get than being dead and not being able to talk to anyone except through someone else's body? They had difficulties, like Peter Parker, who could never get a break, juggling impossible life. And they had sacrifices. How many times has Barry Allen died to save the universe? And powers that didn't make the A-list. An escape artist? I also came to love sci-fi comics like Dreadstar. And, of course, Star Wars. In the process, I taught my sons to love comics, and so they each have their own unique approach to comics today, each following their own joys and passions in the comic world. One has, you know, has, you know, as you know, become the co-owner of Crimson Cowl Comics, so there's no mistaking his love of comics. Which leads, by the way, to the end of my third comic collection, but in a far more heroic fashion. I gave it to Kurt here at Crimson Cowl Comics to help establish their back stock, because I think this store is a great idea, so come and buy them and make my sacrifice worthwhile. And now I'm on my fourth collection. This one includes all the past stuff, but again, some new stuff. I've always loved martial arts and studied Taekwondo for a while, and so now I read Iron Fist, The Defenders, and Master of Kung Fu. They're bringing back some of my heroes from younger days, The Shadow and Green Hornet. And I have to find out how these look, so I've been reading those. I'm reading some steampunk comics like Lady Mechanica and Legendary the Legendary series. I found some stuff that ties into religion and philosophy like Dark Ark and sci-fi like Animosity. And I like crossover stuff. I forgot to mention that from the set I gave to Crimson Cowl Comics here. I kept my Amalga comics. It was a great series. So already my new collection is growing, and I get most of my comics here at Crimson Cowl shameless plug there. I'm the oldest member of this comic group and my memory is long, so try not to think too badly of me when I say things like, I remember when, or why did they change that? Just getting old. But I got experience, baby.
Hello, my name is Anthony and I love comic books. It all started in the mid to late 80s when I was given the hand-me-down action figures of Batman, the 1966 television show. So while holding the action figures for Batman, Robin, Joker, and the Penguin, that was the first time I started to grasp the idea of what superheroes and supervillains were. That eventually led me to detective comics, in which I would pick up at garage sales or, you know, spinner racks at the at the drugstore or supermarket, and would not necessarily have consecutive issue runs. I would just have whatever was available to me whenever, you know, my mom allowed me to pick up a comic, and I would just collect that way, and I would read a lot of the same stories over and over again, and I don't ever remember, like, needing, like, oh, where's part two of this? I, if I didn't have access to it, I would just, oh, oh, here's part four. Okay, that didn't stop me from reading. And I know that would drive a lot of people nuts. But uh, I think a lot of it was just seeing, like, the art really drew me in. And uh, it was awesome just to flip those pages and, and almost to a sense, like, kind of tell my own story in, like, a mystery science theater way of, you know, just just seeing the, the characters on the page that way. So I would collect the comics and... Uh, I would be a DC Comics fanboy for quite some time. And it wasn't until the year 1993 when there was a new kid in town that came to my school by the name of Brian, who just so happened to have created this uh, theme song for the Crimson Call podcast. And uh, he had a Batman lunchbox that was the exact same one as mine. So, of course, when we saw that, we decided, well, we must be friends because we already have the same Batman lunchbox. So, eventually, when I went over to his house and we started playing with the action figures and everything, I started to realize there were some characters in the Batman universe that I had never seen before. Uh, characters that were, like... Wolverine and Gambit and Jubilee and Storm and Beast and Juggernaut and I'm just like who are all these characters I've never seen them before he's like well these are the X-Men Marvel comics and I was just so clueless on what that even was because I was just all about Batman and detective comics and stuff like that and so he had showed me he had VHS tapes of uh, taping the Saturday morning X-Men cartoon of the 90s and then I got hooked into Marvel comics and then I started picking up X-Men comics and picking up the action figures and you know Brian really led me into the world of Marvel through that way and that eventually led me to you know knowing who Spider-Man and Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and the Hulk and who all those other characters were that weren't in my DC Comics because I had no clue that Marvel Comics was even a thing and so then I started to get into Marvel a lot and at this time too the Batman animated series was there so I was very much you know just enjoying all of that and collecting comics from both Marvel and DC and then uh, around the late 90s it'd be 1997 is when Buffy the Vampire Slayer came on the air and Joss Whedon who then became my uh, favorite writer and director and creator um, with, with, with Buffy coming on the air, it kind of, uh, took over my time that I had to, like, read comics, and at that exact same time, I was starting to get back into, uh, pro wrestling after watching it as a kid, and so in the late 90s, Buffy, pro wrestling, and then the, you know, the start of the Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies, and when all that stuff started hitting, um, as we're crossing into the year 2000, I had kind of put comics down. I didn't really care about reading them because I could just get them through the entertainment media of, uh, you know, TV and film. And, uh, I just found myself too occupied and I didn't 
really care about reading the books anymore. I still had all my old comics, but they were just, you know, put away in shoe boxes and Tupperware boxes and stuff and buried in the bottom of the closet while I just let, you know, the, the talents of the entertainment, uh, live action or animation, you know, tell the stories for me. And then in the year 2004, I saw the announcement that Joss Whedon was going to be the guest of honor at the Wizard World Chicago Comic Con. And I saw that and I'm like, okay, I have to go to this. I don't know why Joss Whedon is uh, appearing at a Harry Potter convention, but whatever. And then I would later realize, oh, Wizard, as in Wizard Magazine from back in the day. I didn't make that connection right there, but immediately uh, I'm like, okay, we have to go to this. I told my buddy Brent, who is the co-host of the AB Conversation podcast with me at the time, um, at this time right now. And, uh, we went to the Comic-Con, Kevin Smith was there, Joss Whedon was there, and when I had met Joss Whedon, uh, it was while he was filming the movie Serenity, the follow-up to the television show Firefly, that was canceled, and I then noticed he was also promoting his very first Marvel comic he's ever written, which was Astonishing X-Men with John Cassidy. And when I saw that, I'm like, wait, my, my favorite writer-creator is writing characters that I grew up like reading and watching on TV, the X-Men? Okay, I'm in. And I think it was Brent who had tracked down those issues while I was probably waiting in line. And uh, I had those issues in my hand, and I, you know, I haven't read a comic book in quite some time, probably, you know, like five, six, eight years at the time or so. And once I read that, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And, and then I got hooked. And, and at this time it was, you know, Mark Miller was a big influence with, uh, with the ultimate fantastic four and kick-ass and, you know, civil war was starting to, you know, come like in the next year or two. And I started to get back into comics in a big, bad way. I'd pick up other things that I liked. Uh, I'd pick up like wonder woman and, you know, I would read some Batman and stuff like that. But I think I leaned mostly uh, towards Marvel as I was getting back into the fold. And uh, around the year 2008 is when I started doing some independent filmmaking as a hobby. I created some web series and a lot of short films. And when I became busy with that, I realized I was... Uh, didn't have so much time to read comics anymore. So while I was still buying them, I wasn't necessarily reading them at a fast pace anymore. And they kept piling up and, you know, months and months would sit there during, you know, while I'm filming. And I just basically didn't have time to read that many a day. I'd maybe read, you know, a couple a week. And uh, doing the filmmaking, that kept me busy for, uh, you know, a decent chunk of time. And during that period, it's basically had a, another one where I'm just like, you know what, comics, I don't have time for them, putting them aside, you know, the movies are getting real big at that time, you know, Iron Man had just come out, and you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, and all that stuff, you know, superheroes are back in the movies, you know, big, bigger and badder, so I uh, basically kind of repeated myself in the, you know, mid to late 90s, where I'm just kind of put comics aside for the uh, for the time being. After I'd wrapped up the filmmaking hobby, I then uh, moved on to creating that podcast with Brent Strasberg, AB Conversation on iTunes, Mature Listeners. Um, and uh, doing that, it, it did allow me some more time to... Uh, 
to read comics again and you know the the convention scene was still going strong i haven't missed a year since 2004 now i'm going to several of them a year and i seem to pick be picking up more and more comics uh overall as of the time of this recording in 2017 um i'm reading more dc than ever thanks to the rebirth initiative that they did and i'm picking up a lot more independent titles even more marvel like i i'm honestly following roughly around 70 titles at any given time you know if a miniseries ends or something there's always a new comic that comes out you know the next month that i'm excited for really getting into the the creative side of it with the writers and artists and getting to meet them and get signatures and photos and getting to have conversations um, with them at the conventions and so the convention scene the comic book scene has really taken over and it's it's been a wild ride all the way since uh you know, the, the late 80s of getting into this through Detective Comics and now, you know, this many years, 25, 30 years later, give or take, um, here I am uh, collecting bigger than ever and I, I can honestly not foresee a time in the future that I would be like, you know what, I'm done with this, I don't have time for this because comics have really taken over my priority over, uh, you know, like movies and television, like any other form of media uh, comic books is basically where my interest lies at the moment, as well as the podcast, which led to the Crimson Cowl Comics podcast. So uh, very excited to be a part of this uh, podcast mission here through the store. And uh, that was just a little intro to and a little some some background history, an origin story, if you will. Hey, everyone. I'm the other other David. David Glade II. Uh, my dad co-owns Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, and naturally, he's the one who got me into comic books in the first place. Uh, I think before I really started reading actual comics, I was introduced to comic book heroes with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Ever since I watched the first movie, Spider-Man's been my favorite superhero. I also love watching the Justice League Unlimited cartoons, Batman the Animated Series, and then when I was a little older, I started reading whatever Spider-Man comics I could get my hands on at the library. And as more time went by, more superhero movies came out, and not to mention all those superhero video games I always used to play. And I started really getting into X-Men, Batman, comic books, and as years went by, I started to appreciate the fact that there were even more comics and more heroes that all kind of fit together. I started going back and trying to read as many classic comics as I could. I especially loved reading the original G.I. Joe comics that Marvel used to do. And I'm really happy that my library here in West Bend has so many comics, because up until my dad and Kurt opened the Crimson Cowl, that's been my only source of comic books. Uh, but now the store is up and running, I basically spend all of my paychecks on different fantastic comics. Spider-Man, of course, Batman, Hellboy, Aliens, Predator, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Back to the Future comics, just to name some of my favorites. And also thanks to my dad, I was introduced to the Evil Dead movies, which were made by Sam Raimi. And I love seeing Ash from Evil Dead and Army of Darkness in great comics. Uh, as well as Alien and Predator, like I mentioned earlier. Same thing with Back to the Future. I love seeing my favorite movie characters continuing their adventures in my favorite comics. And that's what I've really grown to love about comic books. There seems to be a comic book for everything. And I bet you anything there's a comic out there for everybody. And because of all the amazing artwork I've seen in so many of these great comics, I've started to really get into drawing. And I draw in a way that's kind of similar to the old Marvel comic book styles that I always love but with a bit of my own twist to it. Anthony and I actually work together on a comic called Gene Guy, and with him writing it, me drawing. But I also do my own comics on the side, like Time Walker. 
which hopefully sometime soon from now, I'll finally decide whether or not I actually want to start my own webcomic for. And that's all, folks. So now that you know us just a little better, I hope it's more inviting for you to also join the Crimson Cowl Comic Club. Ask about it today. Or tomorrow. Whatever works best, you know, to your, to your schedule. <clears throat>